Well, good morning to you in Christ Jesus. If you are now connected to Christ by living faith, not just that you go to a church service or something like that, but if you are connected to Christ by faith, you love Christ and are now seeking to follow Christ, please hear this, you are forgiven. You are loved by the God of this universe. You are His child forever and ever. He will never leave you. He will never, ever forsake you. And that is really good news. Amen? Amen. And we're here to celebrate that today. That's why we're here gathering together just celebrating this God, this Christ we love and the salvation we have in Him. If you have a Bible, please turn to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to start in Matthew 28. We're actually going to hit quite a few places in the Word today. We are going to throw these on the screen uh, up behind me. Um, You are welcome to look up there. I would encourage you, if you have a Bible, please turn to the Scriptures in your Bible. It's good. You can see it in your own Bible. You'll know I'm not deceiving you uh, this way. I didn't just make up Scriptures and put them up on the screen. But if you have a child or something like that, or if you don't have a Bible, you can just look right up here. Happy to serve you in that way. Matthew chapter 28, we'll be starting here in just a couple seconds. We'll read the last of it, uh, verses uh, 18 through 20. Let's go ahead and pray as we start here. Well, Father, we just look to you now in and through your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the forgiveness we have in Christ, that we could sing those lines in that song that we are guilty and yet we are pardoned. That in Christ we are a forgiven people. We are loved. You are molding us more into the image of your Son. We thank you for these things, Father. And as we open your word, I just pray, Father, for the gift of your Spirit in this room upon me, filling us with your Spirit. Father, don't let this be a time when we just come and and read words on a page and, and we just learn some things in our minds. We know that your truth is not designed to merely stop in our minds. But you have designed your truth in order that might go through our minds and touch our affections in our hearts. So Father, I just ask for the gift of your Spirit here this morning to work through the truth in your Word to touch, to stir our affections, Father. We trust that you will do these things. We, we, we ask you to do it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, we are finishing here this morning a, a kind of what we've been calling a vision refresh sermon series. For, for the past few weeks, we've just been kind of recasting the vision for this local church. Why does this church exist? What do we believe God is calling us to do here? And as we finish today, I want to talk a little bit about church planting, which, which is really one of the final pieces of our church vision. Let me just recap a little of what we've covered the past three weeks. Here's our church's mission statement one final time. What do we aim to do as a local church? We aim to make disciples of Jesus through gospel-centered community on mission for the glory of God and the joy of all 
people. So we aim to make disciples uh, because Jesus commanded us to do so. We'll read it here in just a second. In and through our local church family here, we aim to make disciples. We want to bring unbelievers to faith in Christ that they might be forgiven, but we also want to see believers brought to maturity in Christ. We want to see people move from A to Z in the Christian faith. And as our statement says there, we aim to make disciples through gospel-centered community on mission. Or, as we say, we aim to make disciples by living life together on mission. That is actually on the front page of our website. Here's a picture, front page of our website. Just says, life together on mission. That's what we feel called to do, making disciples by living life together on mission. And over the past three Sundays, we've just kind of um, uh, uh, fleshed that out, talked about how we might make disciples in and through our local church here by living life together on mission. But here's the thing. Our church vision does not stop just with our own church here. No, we we don't just want to make disciples here in and through our own local church family. No, we believe that God has also called us to multiply, to, to plant or to establish more churches that will also make disciples. God, God doesn't create local churches like ours. He doesn't create them just to be lakes, just to kind of pool up all the people and the resources and just grow bigger and bigger and bigger and make a name for ourselves. That's not why he creates local churches. He creates local churches to be rivers. We receive his blessings, we receive people, we receive resources, and we then send them out again in order that other people might be blessed by God. And one of the ways that we send out people and resource, one way we send out blessings to other people is through the planting of other local churches. That's the way God has ordained to spread his glory around the globe. Churches planting churches. And all of these churches then worshiping the one true God, the glory of God spreading around the globe as the waters cover the seas, Habakkuk 2.14, and all of that happening through the planting of more and more local churches in more and more people groups around the world. And what I'd like to do today is just quickly trace that pattern in the book of Acts. Next Sunday, I will actually start preaching through the book of Acts. Just finished the book of Nehemiah, and I'm going to start next Sunday through the book of Acts. Very excited about that journey through Acts. Hope you can join us for that. But here today, I just want to touch on a few places in Acts where we see this pattern of churches planting churches. Uh, We see in the book of Acts a very clear three-step process. And those are my three points today. This this three-step process we see in Acts. Number one, we see disciples made. And number two, we then see a church planted where those disciples have been made. And number three, we then see that church planting other churches. Disciples made, a church is planted, and that church then plants other churches. We'll start with number one, disciples made. And we'll start here just in Matthew 28. Matthew 28, this is a critical 
point in human history. Jesus has just recently been crucified. He's been raised from the dead to pay the penalty for our sins. You can now turn away from your sin in repentance. You can now trust in and follow Christ in faith. And you can be forgiven of your sin because of what Christ just did here a little bit earlier in the book of Matthew. And Jesus now here, Matthew 28, just before ascending back to heaven, he says this to his original disciples. If you look there at verse 18, and Jesus came and he said to his original disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. (laughs) Go disciples and make more disciples of all nations. That was a hugely daunting task to this ragtag band of original disciples who'd just been failing constantly through the Gospels. But Jesus promised to them right there that he would be with them as they went to make disciples. And Jesus was with them when they went to do that. The next thing you see, the next major thing in the Bible, in the first part of Acts, Jesus is empowering these original disciples. The day of Pentecost. He's pouring Pouring out his Holy Spirit on them. The very Spirit of Jesus Christ now residing with them, residing in them, empowering them to do what he commanded them to do, empowering them to go and make disciples. And they then do it. At first, they just make disciples there in Jerusalem, where they were when Jesus ascended to heaven. If you turn to Acts chapter 2. We're just going to see them here now doing what Jesus said. They're now going out making new disciples. Set this up here. The disciples have just now been filled with the Holy Spirit. They're still in Jerusalem. When they were filled with the Spirit, it drew huge crowds who saw what was going on. Crowds that were already there um, for this Pentecost festival. When the crowds drew around them, Peter then preached to the crowds. And and look now at verse 41, Acts chapter 2. So those who received Peter's word were baptized as Jesus commanded. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. (laughs) Man, that's a revival starting right there. 3,000 brand new disciples in Jerusalem. Then look at the end of verse 47. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved, new disciples. And now turn to Acts chapter 4. And look at verse 4. See the same type of thing. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of just the men now came to be about 5,000 disciples. And with the number of new women and children disciples also added to that number, we are already now looking at probably some 10,000 disciples 
in Jerusalem, baptized according to Jesus' command, and now they're being taught to observe all that Jesus commanded. Just, just like Matthew 28 said, he told them to make disciples, and they are now making disciples, praise God, there in Jerusalem. That's the first thing we see. Point number one, the first stage in this process, disciples made. And point number two, the second step in this process, a church is now planted. An official church is now established there in Jerusalem among all of these disciples. If you turn over to Acts chapter 5. This is the first time in Acts that the word church is now used. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, two disciples, were just killed for lying to God. And look at verse 11 now. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. So this big group of disciples in Jerusalem is now referred to as a church. This is the church of the original apostles. They are leading, they are directing this original church here in Jerusalem. You talk about a church with a wealth of resources. (laughs) Oh my word, you have to deal with me every week. This church here had Matthew, Mark, Luke, James, John, (laughs) Peter, These guys wrote half the New Testament, (laughs) and they run your church. How cool would that have been? This, this too, it was it was a mega church according to today's standards. Ten thousand disciples or more now here in Jerusalem. But this was very different than the mega churches today. You have ten thousand disciples in a church here in America today, and they all meet together for a big weekly service in in the local convention center. But man, these disciples they didn't just get to go down and rent out like the 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 the, the jerusalem target center and uh, you know watch james on the jumbotron as he preaches or something they these guys couldn't do this christianity wasn't even even accepted as a legal religion at this point in history the, these people probably met in some sort of interconnected network of house gatherings Pockets of believers spread out through Jerusalem, gathering together daily. Word, prayer, fellowship, sharing meals together. But an official church is now recognized, established here in Jerusalem. Lots of disciples now all following Christ and worshiping the one true God. Finding their joy and satisfaction in God But here's the thing, God didn't want to create just this one body of disciples and receive worship just there in Jerusalem. Oh no, God wanted to create worshiping bodies of disciples all over the globe. So the next thing you see in the book of Acts here, this Jerusalem church now plants another church. And that's the third and, and final part of this three-step process. One, disciples are made. Two, a church is planted or established. And number three, that church then plants another church. 
This Jerusalem church now multiplies. Now when you stop for a second and you think about this church of original disciples there in Jerusalem, it would have been very easy for this group of disciples to just be a lake. To just stay there in Jerusalem and keep gathering more people and keep gathering more resources, you know, and become this, this huge, now not just a mega church, but maybe what, what people call today a giga church, uh, there in Jerusalem, the first giga church of, of Jerusalem. And, and you think about these disciples there in Jerusalem, they were probably tempted to do that. It probably seemed a lot safer to them just to stay camped out there in Jerusalem. Probably felt very dangerous to somehow try to take the gospel out to, to the world. I think they were probably tempted to stay in Jerusalem. But here's the thing about God. God has ways of helping his people to move out. God, he knows how to be kind of like a little mother bird and kind of nudge his little fledglings out of the nest. And, and, and what does God use here to, to, to nudge these early disciples out of this, this warm nest in Jerusalem? You know what he uses? He uses persecution to get them out of this nest. In Acts chapter 7, one of the early disciples, Stephen, is stoned. And I want you to see what happens after Stephen is stoned if you turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, all the church is still in Jerusalem until Stephen is stoned. And here's what the scriptures say, verse 1, and Saul, Paul, approved of Stephen's execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. So these are non-apostles now being scattered to outlying areas. A God-ordained persecution scatters them to outlying areas. And what do they do when they get into these new areas? They do the same thing they did in Jerusalem. Make disciples and establish new churches. If you turn to Acts chapter 11, verse 19. This is picking up again on the story of these who were scattered outlying areas. Verse 19, chapter 11. Now those disciples who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. Speaking the word to no one except Jews, they're still aiming to bring just Jews to Christ. But, verse 20, there were some who looked beyond that. Uh, some of the disciples, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also. So they now spoke to a Gentile or non-Jews from Greece, preaching the Lord Jesus, verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with him. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord, new Gentile disciples now in 
Antioch. Verse 22, the report of this now came back to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch to see what was going on. And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So step back and see what's happening. This Jerusalem church has now, because of persecution, been driven out and they have now made new disciples there in Antioch. And we soon see an official church there now in Antioch. If you look down at verse 25, so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul or Paul, who's now been converted, is a Christian now. And and Barnabas is like, I'm going to get Paul to come help here in Antioch. Verse 26, and when he had found Paul, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church in Antioch. A Gentile church now primarily in Antioch. They meet with the church for a year there. They taught a great many people. They've baptized the new disciples there, according to Matthew 28. And they're now teaching them to observe all that Christ commanded them. They're making disciples now of this church, this new church in Antioch. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So put it together, connect the dots. Disciples were made in Jerusalem. A church was planted there, established there, and that church then went out now and made disciples in Antioch, and a church has now been established there in Antioch, and the gospel has advanced, and the the, the glory of God has spread through the planting of local churches. And and guess what you then see this little new church in Antioch doing? Well, they do the the same exact thing. This church now goes out, makes disciples, and plants churches. If you turn to Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, of Cyrene, Manaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And Paul and Barnabas then go down the road a ways, stopping at the different towns along the way, making disciples, and planting or establishing new churches in those new towns. And listen, I want you to think about this for a second. When this relatively new church in Antioch, when they commission Paul and Barnabas here and send them out to start new churches, do you know what that's called for this little church in Antioch? That is called a gospel groan. That would have hurt this church in Antioch to send Paul and Barnabas away. 
Listen, this is, this, this is not Antioch sending, you know, Joe Schmo and his, his brother Billy Schmo, uh, you know, sleep in the back row every time the churches gather. Nobody really knows they're gone and sending them out. No, that's not, that, that's not it. This was Barnabas called the son of encouragement and the apostle Paul who wrote the other half of the New Testament. Losing those two guys from your local church, that would have been like losing your, your arm, losing your head, or something like that. We, we, we can't send Barnabas. <laughs> oh my word. He's the one who keeps us encouraged. We'll be very discouraged people if we send Barnabas. We've got to keep this guy. And seriously, Paul's our preacher, man. I mean, he's writing letters all the time. This guy's, this guy's leading us. Send Joe and Billy Schmo. <laughs> we'll send them out in the church plant. Uh uh-uh. uh. The Holy Spirit says send Paul and Barnabas. And man, that, that, that's a gospel groan. For, for this young church, probably weeping. I would imagine probably great sadness there. But, but do you know what this gospel groan ultimately produced? It produced a massive gospel gain. As Paul and Barnabas traveled throughout the entire area and made disciples and planted churches. That which was a gospel groan for a little church translated into a massive gospel gain. It translated into all kinds of gospel glory for God. And the Holy Spirit says, send them. And you know, when when Paul and Barnabas go out, they plant churches, make disciples and plant more churches. And do you know what those churches then did? Well, they sent people out to make disciples and plant plant more churches that planted more churches that planted more churches that planted more churches all the way down to this church here which was planted or established just seven years ago out of a church in downtown Minneapolis that had been planted or established over a hundred years before that and you know what it's now our turn it's now our turn it's now our turn. We have not right now received an opportunity as a local church. We have received people. We have received resources. That pattern that we see in the Bible is God's ordained way of spreading His glory around the globe through the planting of local churches. Tim Keller says this. He says, nothing else. Not crusades or outreach programs or parachurch ministries, growing megachurches, congregational consulting, nor church renewal process. Nothing else will have the consistent impact of dynamic, extensive church planting. This is an eyebrow-raising statement, but to those who have done any study at all, it is not even controversial. The biggest impact uh, for the glory of God in the world through church history, has been through the multiplication of local churches. And the question for us is, you know, you stop and think about who we are here. Man, man, man this local church right here, we stand today because of what other men and women have done before us in planting churches. 
And, and the question for us now is this. What, what will we do now with that which has been handed to us? Because God didn't create us to be a lake. To just pool up people and resources and make a name for ourselves here. No, God created us to be a river. When we were sent out seven years ago, we were sent out, we, we were told that we would be a church planting church. When I talked to the elders at our previous church, before they sent us out, I said, I think this church planted here in the East Metro can be a launching pad for other churches. A launching pad of people and resources sending them out to plant other churches. That's how God created. He created us to be that. A conduit through which He might pass His blessings on to others. We, we want to make disciples in and through our own local church here. Yes, we do. But we also believe God has called us to plant other churches that will also make disciples. That right there is an incredibly exciting thing. To think that you don't have to sit around until Jesus returns just doing maintenance with, with your own church. But you can actually be involved in multiplication. That you can be involved in church-wide mission as a believer. I think many people leave churches now because they're not gripped by something bigger than themselves and their own little church. God has created us to be gripped with His passion with, with, for, 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 for His global mission. And man, when we get caught up in His mission to, to, to spread His glory around the globe, that's when things get exciting. Not just about us, but something bigger than us. And we do believe God has called us to make, to, to, to multiply, to, to plant other disciple-making churches. And we're just now beginning to pray and plan more intentionally toward that end. We are having discussions as elders about church planning and, and making steps towards that end. And, and you can say, well, we're not ready to do that. Well, listen, people talk about church planning. They say, when is the right time to have a church plan? Well, they say having your first church plan is kind of like having your first baby. When does it ever feel okay to have your first baby? You never feel like you have enough money or enough space in your home, and you just have the baby, and God provides. And that's the way it works with church planting. Uh, so, man, we're, we're, we're heading, we're talking, moving this direction a bit. And as, just in closing here for the next couple minutes, I'd like to mention just a couple of, of very practical things, a couple things that you might see in our church as, as we begin to move towards the, the planting of other churches. It's always good to manage expectations a little bit. So just kind of managing expectations. What might we see in the future as, as we pray and plan toward planting churches? We don't know if all of these things will happen, but there's a good chance that, that some of these might. Just a couple things we might see as we move toward church planting. One thing you might see is some growth in, in our own church here. In order to plant a church you really do need kind of a critical mass. 
you, you need to have enough people in your home church so that you can send some people out with the church plant and not actually kill your own church. <laughs> you don't want to do that in, in, in planting a church. You, you kind of need a critical mass. Now, it's not like we need to send 200 people with a church plant. Uh, when we were first planted, that was kind of our mother church's vision for church planting. Just get as many people from the mother church and send as many as you can with the church plant. And that's okay. We're really thankful for, for what we have here. But, but you know, church planting, it, it, it's not like you just take a bunch of Christians who are worshiping in a certain area and then you take a bunch of that group out and just kind of put them in a new area where they can begin to, to worship God there. That's more kind of, of a church plop than, <laughs> than a a church plant. A church plant, you send out a small team of, of kind of um, um, believers, of, of disciples, people who are ready to, to start ministry on the ground in, in a new area. Um, those, those, that, that, that team goes out into a new area. They work to, to, to make new disciples. In, in that new area. A church plan is not just a gathering of current worshipers. It's the making of new disciples. And then with those new disciples establishing a, a local church. So it's not like we have to send out 200 people. But we do need a critical mass to, to go out in, in some some church plants. So if God does want us to plant, you can probably expect a little growth in, in our church family in order to do that. And please hear me when I say this, we do want to grow as a local church. Uh, I know that many of you like the size that we're, that we're at right now because you can know everybody else in, in, in the local church family. I like that too. But, but please know when we planted this church, we didn't write on paper, we want to stay small. We want to stay small. That, that wasn't the original vision for our church. No, our desire is to grow. Healthy things just naturally grow over time. And we do believe the Lord is going to help us to grow over time in order that we might church plant. And, and please hear me with this. We have been slowly growing. And as we grow a little bit more, please hear this. The dynamics in our church will change just a bit. It, it will get to the point where you probably won't know every single person in the room every Sunday morning. And that has to be okay to some degree. Okay, it, it, that's just the way it is. Now, if you if we grow to to, to three hundred people and you want to, you can make friends with all those people, man. Go for it. But that's that's a difficult thing to do. So the dynamics will change. Who you know in the church will change a little bit. The the way our leadership shepherds and leads will have to change a little bit. You ha you have to shepherd a growing church a little differently than you do a real small church. And, and so just be ready for that as things change. You're going to start seeing and feeling some of those dynamics. People would say that there's kind of this invisible ceiling in churches around 200 people or so because the dynamics change when you grow above that and it's hard for churches to, to accept that. So we just want to manage the expectation a little bit. If the Lord does help us to grow, those dynamics will change just a little bit um, and, and we trust the Lord will will help us to grow over time. Please hear me on this when I talk about church growth. Such a dangerous thing to talk about. Uh, pl pl please hear me when I say this. We do not want to grow big just to be big. We don't want to grow just so we can be big. 
just so we can make a mega church and hoard up people and resources and make a name for ourselves. No, we have talked about this specifically as elders and we are unanimous. Our vision for this church is that we would grow enough to have a critical mass in order that we could then church plant and we could send people out in a church plant which would take our numbers down again a little bit and then Lord willing, he would grow us up and we would plant again, never having to grow above what would be considered a manageable membership. So keep it at a, at a decent number, but man, Lord, help us to plant lots of churches. Grow and plant, grow and plant, grow and plant. That would be the vision of, of this local church when, when it comes to growth. So that's one thing you might see as we move toward church planting. Just a little growth in our church body. It's already been happening. It might happen some more. It's in the Lord's hands. He could shut it down tomorrow. And we'd say, hey, praise God. He's got other plans. But we have a sense that he's probably going to grow us a bit. And, and that will change some things. But it is in order to church plant. A second thing you might see as we move towards church planting The second thing you might see, we hope we will see, is our own building. Uh, We do believe that God is going to give us our own building. Our own space out of which uh, we can work to make disciples in our local area here. but, But also kind of a home base in which we can work and plan to send out church plants. And we do think that, that our own church building will just help us. Don't worry. We, we will take those footprints, so you'll be fine. You'll feel right at home. You'll have the cow looking at you, over you, every Sunday. So if you're concerned about losing that, we can paint it yellow, uh, so you'll feel comfortable. Uh, all kinds of good guys. We can make it so intricate that you lose kids very easily in the halls. Uh, we'll, we'll try to do that, too. Uh, we do think the Lord is going to give us our own place. It, that will probably help us to grow uh, just a bit, and it will help us, we believe, to plant other churches. So part of our vision would be to have a building out of which we could plant other churches. We now have a building committee that, that will begin to actively look for our own building. So those are two things, maybe a little growth, uh, a church building. A third thing you can expect to see as we move towards church planning is some additional leadership development. Church plants need healthy leaders. Church plants need men who are ready to lead as elders, pastors. Uh, Church plants need men and women ready to serve as deacons. Church plants need men and women trained up and equipped to lead and serve in all kinds of capacities in a new church. So if we want a church plant, we need to raise up leaders here. And, and not just raising up leaders, though, for future church plants, but also training up leaders just to serve in our own church here or in other existing local churches. Training up leaders, leadership development, that will now be a major part of my own pastoral role. Now, the elders recently shifted responsibilities among your paid pastors, uh, and one of my responsibilities now is leadership development, training up our men and women to lead in various capacities within a local church. Pastor Thomas will work specifically with the life group leaders and their wives, uh, helping to develop them further um, in their life groups. Uh, I will focus 
focus on more general leadership within a local church. So, so, so working to develop future church planners, working to develop future pastors, future deacons, teachers, whatever it is, um, working to train up leaders um, in a local church. One of the things I'm now beginning to, to kind of work on is putting together some on-site internship programs and residencies. Uh, some of our own people, you, you could maybe become interns, learning how to lead in various ways in a local church, or even becoming a pastoral or church planning resident, being trained up uh, to be pastors and church planters. Um, that will take some finances. And you say, where do those finances come from? Well, some of you don't know. We've been saving those things up for seven years where we have now stored away some significant funds for church planting. And every time people have tried to tap that fund and use it for other things, I have said, over my dead body. <laughs> you cannot have it. No, we have all been unanimous. That man, no, let's keep this for church planting. We might also br- um, begin to bring in some interns and residents from outside of our own church. So get ready for that. One of the blessings we have as a local church is that we are planted in close proximity to Bethlehem Baptist Church, out of which our church was planted. And Bethlehem has a fantastic seminary there, and they are now working hard to train up future pastors and church planters. And I have already spoken with Bethlehem about bringing some of those students in as interns or residents, giving them hands-on training in our own church, and potentially then sending them out with church plants or into existing churches. So be ready to see some different faces. Uh, maybe up front at times on a Sunday morning, and don't make them feel bad. Encourage them, help them. Uh, not right away, but you can probably expect that in the future. Growth, a church building, leadership development. And, and one final thing, as we, as we look toward church planning, one final thing you can probably expect when we do actually begin to church plant, you, you can probably expect some gospel groans. When, when we do begin to send our own people out of this church to plant other churches, be ready for some pain. Because it's not just Joe and Billy Schmo who get sent out in church plants. It is the Paul and Barnabas of, of, of your church. The people you think your church can't possibly live without. God, God, God will send some of your best friends God will send some of those people that you know the best and you love the best. Those people in our church right now you think you can't possibly live without. God may send them. God might send you. Why not you? Why not you? And man, that, 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 that hurts. That will hurt. A very real, painful gospel Grown. We are right now preparing to send two of our own members, Will and Sarah Myron. They are being sent out to plant a church in Ireland. And I know many of you right now, you are already feeling a little bit of the groan of seeing Will and Sarah begin to transition out of some things here with our own local church. I feel the groan. They have been a big part of our church ministry here. They've been active on so many levels, making disciples of believers and unbelievers. And the Holy Spirit has said, send them. And you say, we can't send them. Yes, we can. We love them and will always be friends with them and others who go out like them. 
Please hear me. No one is irreplaceable in the kingdom of God. And man, God will just advance His glory in Ireland and we'll stay connected and God will bring other people. Do you know that's what typically happens when churches are intentional about planting other churches? They send out people in church plants. You groan when it happens. And do you know almost every church that plants, they receive more people. Because God knows you're going to be a faithful steward with the people and resources you have. Bethlehem has experienced that. They planted countless churches. They always feel the groan when they send people out. But it's a matter of no time before God fills all those seats again and they're ready to plant again. Faithful stewards of what God has given them and God keeps supplying them with people and resources. But you will experience the groan at times. But please hear me on this. Those gospel groans, they can lead to massive gospel gains. As we plant other local churches and see new disciples made and old disciples raised up to maturity, that is a gospel gain and that leads to great gospel glory as God receives the glory for our church plants. Matt Chandler says this, churches that plant, churches that plant churches experience loss. People, resources, etc. Gospel goodbyes. They are awful, beautiful, right, and good. And we give glory to God. And my simple prayer for us as a church is that we would learn to be open-handed. Because there's a bigger kingdom than our kingdom here. And His kingdom is about the entire world. May God help us to be open-handed. May God help us to set our hearts and minds towards not just making disciples here, but sending out to plant and making disciples there and there and there and there and there. And if when Jesus Christ returns, we have 200 people, but we have planted 20 churches, we will say, Lord God, this has been a good ride for our church. And I believe the Lord Jesus Christ will look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servants. Well done, good and faithful servants. There's a blog post that went out recently from Desiring God Ministries, and the title of it was something like The Glory of No-Name Churches. And if we remain a no-name church for the rest of our lives, that would be safer for us than to become a church with a name And it would allow us to plant lots of churches undercover, (laughs) hidden away. And man, may God be pleased to help us do that. That is our prayer. That's it. That's a little run through our vision. We want to make disciples here. But man, one of the ultimate goals is that we might plant and make disciples in lots of other local churches. May God help us. And as we end this vision series this morning, we're going to finish today the way we finished the previous three Sundays with a testimony. I'm going to pray first. I just feel like the Lord wants me to pray. Let me pray before I do this. Father, there are things you tell us to do in your word. They are utterly impossible. When you told your original disciples to make disciples, it was impossible. So many things you say in your word that on paper they are impossible. But nothing is impossible with our God. Nothing is impossible with you, Lord God. You, Lord Jesus, working with us. We believe, Father, it is your heart to plant churches around the globe. 
And we believe you've established this local church in such a beautiful way in order that we might be a conduit to the world. So, Father, we just surrender this part of our vision, everything I've talked about today, these future things. There's things we, we, we don't know. We can talk about them. We can pray for them. But it's all in your hands. And we just say, not our will, but your will be done. Lord, help us to be open-handed even with the vision we cast. But, Father, our simple prayers, would you enable us, Lord God, to send out many, many, many local church plants and see many, many disciples made in and through the ministry of this local church for your glory and for the joy of all peoples. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to finish today um, uh, with a testimony. We've done this every Sunday uh, through this vision series. Uh, we want to finish today with a, a story of, of global church planting, among other things. Uh, we don't just want to plant churches locally, but also globally. We already support quite a few global missionaries who are aiming to plant churches. And we are honored today to have Vijay, uh, Vijay Misala with us, along with his new uh, bride, Abigail. And uh, Vijay, for those of you who don't know, he's president of Reach All Nations Ministry that, among uh, many other things, is working hard to plant churches in India and, and other places uh, and our church has been so happy to support Reach All Nations. We love Reach All Nations. We love you, Vijay, uh, and the ministry of, of Reach All Nations. I know many of you also support Reach All Nations personally. Uh, many of you are now supporting pastors that have gone out to plant through Reach All Nations. Our life group supports a, a pastor in India who's gone out to plant. Such a joy to be able to do that. Uh, and Vijay is here uh, with Abigail. Uh, hopefully she'll be able to make it up front here to, to give us a report. Vijay, you can go ahead and make your way up here. I know Vijay will talk about other things than just church planting, but that is a part of what they do. And um, really good to have you here to give us an update. Vijay was actually supposed to be here last Sunday. Uh, and by God's providence, it got shifted to this Sunday, which is perfect. Because we were going to talk about church planting. And that's part of what they do. So Vijay... Abigail, so good to have you here with us. Thank you, Pastor Brett. Um, good morning. It's uh, such a joy to uh, be here with you this morning and worship our Lord together. Um, last year when I came here, I was a single guy, and this time I came with Abigail. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. In fact, Pastor Brett uh, helped me uh, in many ways in encouraging me, even proofreading my letters to their parents, her parents. <laughs> uh, so happy to be here. I'm thankful to the Lord for your heart for local and global missions. Um, it is wonderful to um, be part of God's glorious gospel ministry, especially in the uh, church planting work. About 45 years ago, Lord converted my father who planted a church, had passion for planting churches. He invested his time in the Sunday school ministry and he trained some pastors and they went and planted churches. Um, and now and those churches that are planted churches are sending more men to the training program and they are planting churches. It's like a wildfire spreading. And Reach All Nations is involved in uh, training um, pastors, especially in the rural village areas. Um, 
especially a place called Paderu, which is uh, about eight hours drive from our place. Uh, you know, these pastors walk about four to six hours to get to their congregations on Sunday. Um, there'll be like 25, 30 homes there, and, you know, they go there and share the gospel. Uh, it's just wonderful. 2017 had been a, um, a, an year of many opportunities. We train a lot of men. Uh, also, we sent the, some of the church planters into rural villages, distributed Bibles. And uh, I would say in the, over the last 30 years of uh, ministry, uh, through Reach All Nations, we were able to plant 123 churches, both in India and in Nepal. And some of these churches are house churches, like five, ten people in the church. Um, but we are thankful to be part. And you know, uh, part of that work also has a lot of challenges. And Abigail is going to share a few challenges that we are facing in India. It is a great pleasure to be with you. I, I came once before when Vijay actually preached from Jonah, so it's good to be with you again. Uh, yes, there are a lot more challenges as the years go by now with the government becoming very heavy-handed on Christians. Um, we're experiencing more and more persecution. Our, our pastors, they go out into these rural villages, sometimes no Christians yet. They plant a church, and they get totally persecuted, beat up, abused. Um, In our area, just yesterday, we saw a video of um, a Hindu mob had stolen 800 Bibles from a pastor and were burning them publicly in the streets near where we live. Um, So the persecution is getting greater and greater. And and, um, so we we ask you to pray for our pastors because they require a lot of strength to every day continue the work in what may seem like an impossible situation And we also ask that you would pray for us because we um, want to train these men efficiently and effectively so that they can be prepared to face what we are asking them to face. Um, And also pray for our ministry because the government already has its sights on us. And um, please pray that we will be invisible to the government. I also want to thank you so much. Um, several of you have been supporting pastors. We will share more details at the luncheon. Um, uh, we are thankful for the part gospel partnership. You know, just yesterday I heard from our brothers in India, um, the school where we sent our 30 boys, um, orphan boys, uh, now they are forcing uh, a sun salutation, uh, Surya Namaskar, uh, worship of sun every day in the school, at the beginning of the school. If you don't do this, they will be then punished or something like that. So the boys didn't go to school yesterday. Uh, we are just uh, looking at different uh, ways to deal with this. So uh, we are in the midst of lots, of lots of challenges, but we will continue because God is with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Got it? I'll help you now. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Amen. Um, Thank you, Vijay and Abigail, and please do continue to pray for them. Uh, We do have a luncheon uh, after the service. It's going to be up in the cafeteria there. You're all welcome uh, to come and hear more about Reach All Nations. We're just so thankful you're here thankful for the church planting. Let me pray one more time as the worship team comes up front here, and uh, we'll close um, in in song. So, Father, we do um, thank you for uh, your grace upon us. 
as a local church. We thank you, Father, for what you've done here, um, uh, placing us here in this area. We believe it was by your sovereign hand, your, your sovereign choice that we would be placed here. We believe, Father, you have brought in the people you plan to bring in. And Father, we believe that, that you have been preparing us for future things. Um, and we thank you, Father. We believe that uh, multiplication is one of those things. We would ask your help again in that, Father, as we look towards planting both here locally around the Twin Cities or around the country, and also as we may look at, at planting globally. We pray for great wisdom. Father, we do not know how to do these things, but you do, and we ask you for help. Uh, Father, I pray that you just every day would show us more and more of our own weakness, that we are not able to do these things in our own strength, that we would not try to do these things in our own strength, but we would be dependent upon you, uh, leaning upon you, directed by you, guided by you. And uh, Father, we, 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 we trust you will help us with this. Lord, we do want to pray for our friends Vijay and Abigail and for uh, Reach All Nations and, and just the persecution there now in India, the, the tough area there now in India. We just ask for grace. Father, wherever uh, Reach All Nations does need to operate hidden from the government, we, we pray that you would shut the government's eyes. Um, you, Lord God, you, Lord Jesus, you on this earth, you opened many blind eyes. And, and we know you can also shut seeing eyes. And we would ask that you would do it and protect, reach all nations and pastors. Give them great wisdom, Father. Um, help us as a local church to know how to better serve with reach all nations. And Father, may you be glorified through this friendship between reach all nations and Christ Redeemer Church. We thank you for this now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.